Actually, it's making a good point there. There was some teleoperating done. Welcome to NASA Edge. Oh, and inside an outside look at all things NASA. Yes, and we're going to do a special show today on the lunar architecture, which is great because uh, Franklin and I went out on assignment. Right. And now I'm an insider. I've logged. Well, who, who, who let you go out on assignment? Well, I mean, it, that's immaterial. The fact is I've logged more uh, hours on the simulated lunar surface uh, than you have, and so has Franklin. We went out together. Anyway, not only did he log the hours, he actually logged them inside of a, a simulated spacesuit. Yeah. Well, that's it cool. Was, very was, serious it was, suit. It was a very serious suit. Yeah. Uh, the the accessory. <laughs> who, who, gave you, who gave you the opportunity to do that? Uh, thank you for the opportunity, okay. but but uh, I am now a, a closely approaching uh, mega insider status. I'm approaching? Well, we'll yes. have to see. Okay. We'll have to, okay. But, but let's uh, get to where we're going, okay. because before that, we've got two really important guests about the lunar architecture here in studio today, IS. We've got Jeff Yoder. From NASA headquarters. And he's going to give us the... Um, big picture. The big picture. And then we've got Pat Troutman. Who's the cool engineer from NASA cool. Langley. And who's going to give us nuts and bolts. So it's going to be so very So we're actually going to break it down and actually look at the details and, of the lunar architecture. And then we'll go see how Franklin and I did out in the desert in Arizona with the desert rats. Yeah, and, and now we'll kind of, I'll kind of critique you on how okay. well you guys did That's on your fine. own for the first time. I look forward to it. Hopefully, Franklin, you kept him in line when you're out there. And Blair uh, took control and did his own thing. You, you'll see. Okay, good. It's, it's, well, it's let's good. take a break. Yes, uh, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. It's going to work. You're, you're going to be very impressed. Man, okay. you, you, you got to see the segment. It's going to be great. <laughs> Welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey, we're here with Jeff Yoder from NASA Headquarters, who's the uh, Director for Integration uh, for the Exploration Directorate. How you doing, Jeff? Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Great well, to have him in uh, IS. In studio. In studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I, I, I gave you a hint. You did. That's we're here today to talk about the lunar architecture, of course, to kind of share with our viewers what's going to be like when we go back to the moon by the end of the next decade. Franklin and I get this all the time when we're out talking to the public. Why are we going back to the moon? Yeah, they want to know. 
they're very excited, but they want to know. And why not just go on to Mars since we've been to the moon six times? Exactly. So why just bypassing just right. get to, uh, to Mars? Yep. Now, those are excellent questions. So the uh, United States, NASA, and 13 other uh, space agencies got together to come up with objectives, global Hall objectives. All of justice. Yes. Hall of justice. Lunar, lunar, lunar justice. Yeah, lunar hall of justice. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're going back, to, uh, going back to the moon. And it started with over 1,000 objectives. And they worked it down to about 180 objectives. We then put those into six, uh, six different themes, one being public engagement. We need to keep the public engaged through all of that. that, that Welcome that, to NASA, NASA Edge. Edge. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. perfect. We're on, we're on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 doing I, our part for right. the for the uh, return to the I moon. did my homework. Yeah, so usually you. I say science first, but scientific knowledge is, is right. one of the themes. Right. There's a tremendous amount of information to be gained uh, on the lunar surface. Uh, things like human civilization, how how to live off of a, another body. Can we create our own oxygen on the lunar surface? What about water? A lot of information to be gained. It's kind of like Lewis and Clark. Going yes. across the yeah. states. Yeah, historical uh, explorers. Oh, exactly. And you, you mentioned Lewis and Clark. If you if you contrast that back to our Apollo era, Lewis and Clark really did the uh, uh, moving out fast with exploration, but looking at the more the high risk, uh, right. quick knowledge gaining. We're going back now for the uh, the more sustained portion of exploration to right. really now capitalize what happened in the Apollo era but to uh, build things like economic expansion, to have partnerships, whether it's uh, international partnership or the commercial partnerships, to help us with this this great stuff. So maybe there's some resources on the lunar yes. surface that we could use back at here on Earth, maybe? Yes. There are, there are uh, folks that are looking okay. at that right now. Hey, hey Jeff, okay. even a more important question for those of us on a uh, budget, when are they going to open up the coach seating to, um, to Mars <laughs> and uh, the moon? Excellent question. Right. Well, yeah, because you did yeah. say commercial. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, uh, right now we have this service module that uh, maybe could convert to uh, coach seating. Uh, there you go. Hey, I'll get, take get some lunar miles. I'll, out I'll of take that. what I can get. Yeah, 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 there right. you go. A little mileage program. You know, when we talk to people and we go out, and we get some skeptics out there that are not quite really sure why we're going out there, why we're going back to the moon since we've been there six times, uh, why go on to Mars. And we actually uh, received uh, a, a message uh, from one of our Facebook friends. You know, I don't think a, a moon base is the right first step to our advancement uh, in space. He thinks that asteroid mining and colonization is a far better first step. Well, that's a good question, and, and we have looked at. Uh, uh, resources. What what could we gain on an asteroid? It's hard to do economic expansion or global partnerships on an asteroid. It's you get more sky miles though. Yeah, more <laughs> sky miles. <laughs> that's right. And it's actually more risky than putting a, a, right a, an outpost on the lunar surface. When a meteorite had, had, had hit the lunar surface, we can now learn a lot that it, since it's close to the Earth, right. it was probably the same time when one had hit the Earth. But now it's in a pristine environment, right. so we can gain a lot of knowledge on how the Earth was. Created. And you know, that question was probably born out of a recent viewing of the movie Armageddon on Sci-Fi Channel. So, you know, he was typing and, okay. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, uh, Blair, you actually have a little proposal for uh, your That's right. Your own. Uh, that's right. What I'm looking at is a Shackleton Rim retirement community on the moon. And um, we actually got some architects together and uh, some students and said, uh, what would that retirement community look like? And I wanted to know if I could get your opinion on these. So here's one one uh, concept. Oh, this is this is a great concept, especially since it's one of the options we looked at uh, uh, during our studies. A little close to the mark there. That's close good. to the mark. Yeah, good. Good, good, job, good job, Blair. Yeah, see, all right, now let's, uh, concept number two. Not one that we looked at. Okay, <laughs> oh, you didn't look at, okay. It's an interesting concept. Well, this is a proprietary, thank you, Franklin. Can you do some speaking for me, please? I got you right now. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but this is uh, one option. Well, this option's interesting, uh, especially since it's one we hadn't looked at. But one of the things that it does show in this option
option is uh, the solar powers, uh, the power cells. How difficult would it be to erect a, a you know towers that that tall there on the, uh, the the moon? Well, it's actually pretty difficult. While it's while the gravity is one six g, it's still pretty high. That if you fall down, you could break your uh, your suit, your face mask, and be in be in trouble. Yeah, we're 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 not looking forward to any having any falls on the moon. That's a, even though it's a retirement community, actually. <laughs> well, well, going back to the idea of using solar I've power. I've fallen and I can get up because it's only one six, you know, gravity. But the idea of using solar power on the moon. What about the option, the nuclear option? Initially, going to the surface, a place that we do have uh, have sunlight allows us more flexibility. When you put that reactor down, if you're going nuclear, you're pretty much stuck there. Well, now, is it possible to come up with a hybrid situation? So you go nuclear at night, solar in the day, like uh, like the cars now, they do. Just hit a button, they just switch. Yeah, you just switch over. You don't even pay attention to it. You just, oh, I guess we're nuclear now. Because um, it's dark out. Well, that's possible. But you, once you activate that nuclear reactor, you're not going to turn it off. That's a good point. One more option here, um, a little bit different approach. Well, you know, this this is an, inter- an interesting option. Um, as, as I look at it, having a tunnel between two different modules, it, it could help uh, reduce some EVA time. No. Igloo look. Yeah. Igloo. <laughs> yes, right. lunar igloo. Lunar right? igloo, yes. And before we go, I just... I want to see if you can give him some tips. Uh, Blair wants to become the first media nut to get to the moon by the end of the next decade. Right. And he's actually in the process of filling out an application. Yeah. Can you give him some pointers or some tips of what he could do to... to or, or a reference letter of some kind. Reference letter? That, yes. that could help. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. helpful to me, actually. Well, we could do a reference letter, but you're number two in queue. I already promised another reference oh, letter, so... Great. I'll, I'll be number five. I just as long as I can, if I can go on the trip. He just wants to get his application on the, on the, on the top of the... You know, top the application. Yeah, yeah top exactly. You know, push a few people aside. Franklin, and get him to sign up. Hopefully, uh, not competing, because you know we'll go together. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, thank you for being on the show today. And you're watching uh, NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. That was really good. Welcome back to NASA Edge. Hey, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. Yes, we're here with Pat Troutman, a really cool engineer we have here at NASA Langley Research Center, who's going to talk to us about the nuts and bolts of the lunar architecture. Hey, welcome, Pat. Good to be here. Now we want to kind of get to the nitty gritty. You know, what, what's this architecture actually going to look like? And why do we have to call it an architecture? Why can't it be a blueprint? Yeah, or a plan. Oh, a plan. It is, yeah. it, it is a plan. It's a blueprint for how we're going to explore beyond low Earth orbit from now to the farthest future we can imagine at the moment. So yeah, blueprint's really good. Oh, all right, cool. The make, make lunar that. blueprint. Lunar yeah. blueprint. Got laying it. the foundation for the future. Did you just come up with that, laying the foundation for the future? Is I actually that had actual? it on a chart from a pitch a couple weeks ago. Brilliant. It was so naturally said, so very good. <laughs> so what, does, what is this lunar blueprint going to look like? Well, basically, it's a, it's, a, it's a gradual progression of capabilities on the lunar surface that extend our reach for exploration. So the first thing you got to do is set up uh, your base camp. We call it an outpost. All right. uh, it's building up these capabilities. So first, put a habitat module down. Right. Okay? Uh, and then we deliver the crew, and their, 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 their cabin in the woods is up and running. Okay. okay. Now they have a base to operate from, but they can only sort of walk a certain range. Right. So we, we, what we want to do is extend their mobility. So they need a nice ride. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sweet ride. Now we yeah. know about Franklin and I know a little bit about this. Yeah, uh, we had we, a ride out in uh, Arizona when we were out with Flag the D Rats. Yes. Yeah. 
So, so we got a glimpse. We we actually saw Scout. So, yes, so what did. kind of what kind of uh, rover are we looking at? Are we looking at a, a pressurized, unpressurized rover? Are we looking at a muscle it's, car? It's different than Apollo. Uh, not, not not no not a muscle car. No, okay. Uh, it's an you know it's a it's it's electric. It's about as fast as an electric golf cart is. Okay. Uh, but uh, they're inside a pressurized environment, so they're they they can ride around in outfits like this. Maybe a little sportier and better okay. looking than what I got on. Certainly better than what you got on. But Ooh. but. <laughs> out, but <laughs> <laughs> Little in-studio hostility. But, Five second rule. Yeah. But it, it allows them it allows them to get to their destination. And then the the, the suits that they wear, uh, uh, the ones in Apollo that they had, and the ones that we'll have in the future are still bulky. They're not very comfortable. They they, right. they wear on your skin and stuff. So you want to minimize the amount of time you have to be in there. So you ride out to where you go. Then you you sort of go into the back of these suits, right from the pressurized environment out to the uh, to the great outdoors and on the moon. Uh, and instead of spending eight hours out there, you spend an hour or two in the local environment using what's really best about people, and that is understanding the context for right. what you're getting these samples from. Okay. Sure. Now, I, I see that you, you brought some video. If you, I'll play this, and if you could just okay. speak to the, the video there. Yeah, All right. What, what, this starts off with this, uh, and it looks like a, uh, sort of like the uh, the shuttle pod from Star Trek, actually. Yeah, if you look it does. At it. Little, uh, uh, Space 1999. Yeah. So what you see here is it, it, you have pressurized access from where the habitat is into the rover. In other words, they don't have to put a spacesuit on to go out. Uh, they who's, go, dri- who's driving in that? Could be Blair one day. Yeah, oh, yeah. hopefully. Uh, uh, you're going to be like 60 or so when that That's happens. okay. Inside that little rover, there's a shield made out of water. Okay. So that if there's a solar flare, instead of having to hustle back and get back into your habitat, which right. also has shielding, you just go in there and you wait it out. Wow. Now, I noticed in that rover, you had the two suits on the back. Mm-hmm. So the astronauts are driving it. They, they stop and they get into the suits from the inside. And then you just hit the button, and, and they, they just, just they pop start. right off. Well, we actually have uh, several questions we like to uh, okay. address from our Facebook and MySpace friends. Yeah, I have one from Carrie, and this is uh, obviously we've touched on some of it, but one of the things that she's wondering about uh, when you think about when uh, Apollo was there, what are we doing now in terms of? energy use and uh, recycling uh, there while we're on the moon. Apollo, you had to bring everything with you and leave it behind. Because we're going to the moon for longer periods, like six months or so, you have to be able to reuse a lot of what you have. In fact, the bits and pieces that you have, uh, the components that make up your electrical equipment, the computer and stuff, you want them sort of swappable so that if something breaks, the guys can fix it there. If something broke on Apollo, you had a backup system. If that failed, you went home. Right. Okay? Here, you don't want to go home every time something goes wrong. You want to fix it. So you recycle the elements you have brought with you, and then you also recycle uh, uh, or utilize the stuff that's on the lunar surface. Like we can take the lunar dirt, the regolith as we call it, and you can process it and oh, produce good. oxygen. Good. You, get, you just hope you don't get regolith lung. <laughs> uh, I, you know what's – okay, let me, let me touch it. That's a very serious concern because the lunar regolith, it, it's very small and gritty, and it gets into all the mechanisms and spoils it. Uh, it also stinks when it gets into air, Yikes. according to the Apollo astronauts. So you don't want that inside your house. You don't deodorant. want sticky dust. Uh, there's not enough deodorant to handle this, okay? <laughs> wow. So the neat thing about... I'm sorry, I have to use a prod. The neat oh. thing about the suit port thing is that you crawl out the back. The suit, with all the dust on it, stays outside. It never comes into the habitat. That's genius. And that's that's the neat concept of it. That's the lunar mud room. The mud yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Except you're just leaving it. You're stripping outside and yeah. just coming in naked. That's okay. what you're doing. There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Or in some kind of, like, space long johns or something. You know, so well, yes. No yes, nudity yeah. on the No, moon. there is no right. nudity right. on the moon. Program. Hey, we got a question from Chelsea in Huntsville, Alabama, and she wants to know, um, are we going to be using inflatable habitats? Inflatable habitats. Definitely what we call the trade space. Again, okay. Everything you've seen here, these pictures, they're notional in that 
we want to work with the commercial international folks to come up with common designs that right. work well. So yeah, you'll see cans are always easiest to do, uh, but an inflatable module works just as well depending on the context it's used in. We're, we're, we're establishing what the basic type of units could be, and you can replicate those and grow as much as you want right. as, as economic means permit right. and desire permits. Right. You get there, you start to work, and you develop these solutions. Mm -hmm sort of on the fly based on right. what you learn yeah. along the way. Oh. So that's that's a good uh, byproduct. Hey, Pat, got another question for you from Brenda in Monterey, Mexico. Uh, how do you plan to protect the lunar outposts without uh, lunar atmosphere? Okay, well, there's... there's uh, Excellent question. Uh, that is a question. The, 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 um, I'm, I'm trying... I'm assuming she's talking about the solar radiation aspects of it. Right? Yeah, is, is it similar to what you're going to do with the water covering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two types of radiation. Mm -hmm. There's their solar particle event, which is a solar flare. Right. And there's something called galactic radiation. Mm -hmm. uh, both of those on Earth, we're, not, we're mostly protected by our magnetic field, not mm -hmm. the atmosphere. Uh, but there is no magnetic field on the moon either. Right. You can uh, use materials uh, high in plastics and hydrogen that protect you from the galactic, right. but right now we can't protect from all of it. So we have to limit the stay times for certain crews on the moon. Okay. This is also a big problem going to Mars. Let me ask you a quick question when we're talking about suits. Are, are the uh, spacesuits, are they custom made to each astronaut or are we looking at small, medium and large? Right now. They are custom made for most astronauts. There are segments like torsos or arms or legs that can be interchangeable. Or you go ahead and just say every crew member has to be five foot nine and be in this particular range. You design one suit. Five uh, foot, from, five foot four and three quarters. If, if you you're on qualify. the astronaut corps, you want those custom suits. If you're an engineer in charge of making something affordable, you want to select your people to fit the suit. You ever see that Brady Bunch thing where <laughs> Greg becomes a movie star because right, the suit right. fits? Right, right. Well, it could be that way too. I have a question from Charlie in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Is it possible to have Wi-Fi internet on the uh, lunar outpost? Absolutely, and it's already in the plans. In fact, what we're thinking about is we call it global connectivity because we want to bring everyone because on the Earth along company, yeah. for exploration. So that's brilliant. And what we have to think about too is 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 our standards for connectivity and speed and bandwidth today are nothing compared to what they're going to be ten years from now. That's, that's so we got to plan as big as we can right now, knowing that's probably not going to be enough. You probably have Web 5.0 by the time yeah, you get there. Exactly. At, at least HD everywhere. I yeah. That's the lunar hotspot. Another question. Uh, this is from Sarah in Florida. What about the floor plan inside? Is it going to be a two-bedroom apartment? Uh, fold-up it, fold bed. Florida room. Anywhere from. Uh, uh, a trailer uh, to uh, to uh, a very nice, classy hotel. Okay. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. by the time I They go, won't let you into the ho nice hotel. Uh, You'll get the trailer. That's where the co-host goes. So, so you, you do get to accessorize a little bit. You know, yeah. you know you'll be able to... It's kind of like a, a lunar Ikea. Yeah, lunar Ikea. Yeah. Not that we endorse any particular... Hey, I tell you what, let's, let's go ahead and take a break. And certainly we want to thank Pat for uh, coming out and uh, answering our questions today. And, and you're always welcome back here in the studio. Because uh, I have all those comments. Even after all the comments, because I'm sure we're going to want to come back and ask more questions as we get closer and closer to this becoming a reality. Uh, it's going to get a, become a clearer picture. We'll, we'll talk to them offline once we sure. uh, go to a break. Okay. Hey, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Pat. So here's the question. Hey, welcome.
welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. It's really great to be back in the uh, insider chair, and it's really appropriate because we do have... You felt uncomfortable when, when I, Jeff well, and Pat were here. Actually, though, I tell you, I was uncomfortable because the information was flying so fast. You know, I'm trying to take notes and catch it's up. It's hard to take everything in. Fantastic. They, they did a great, they, they, great they, job. But we're going to close out the show with a highlight piece of our activity yeah. out mm-hmm. in Flagstaff. And I, I think you're going to be I, impressed. I've been looking forward to this all show. I um, can't wait to see this. Yeah, I, there, there are a few surprises, but we basically went out and spent some time with the Desert Rats. You know what the uh, Desert Rats, what it stands for? No, what does what's Rats stand for? Okay, you're asking an insider now. That's what I'm talking about. So what's it stand for? It's Research and Technology Studies. The D is for desert, but Research and Technology Studies. And it really wasn't as serious like the desert environment that you would be, you think it would be. It wasn't hot, and it was actually pretty cool and pleasant. Yes. Well, good. Yeah, so there you go. I'm glad that you're learning. All right, well, let's take a look. Desert rats. Mm -hmm. Right here on NASA Edge. We're here with Frank Delgado, the uh, project manager for the SCOUT program, which means? Science Crew Operations and Utility Testbed. It's basically a testbed that's allowing us to look at new technologies. Uh, The last rover that moved around on the surface of the moon uh, was over 30 years ago. We've had technology developed since then. We're taking a look at some of these advanced technologies and seeing how they can be applied to the development of our future rovers that will go to the moon and then eventually onto Mars. What are those new technologies? Uh, some of the new technologies are related to uh, intelligence systems, teleoperations, and also onboard driving. On the intelligence system side, uh, we're looking at how the vehicle can operate itself, basically go from one location, carry out a set of actions, go somewhere else, do something else, come back and wait for further instructions. So it's got enough onboard intelligence to do things on its own. Now, is all that new technology, is that part of a special package you get? Are there any end-of-the-year uh, buyer incentives for picking up this rover? Any end-of-the-year Buyer incentives? Yeah, like, you know, cash back. uh. I got an 84 Corolla. If I bring that in for this rover, what am I looking at in terms of monthly payments? Monthly payments. uh... Hey, I'm here today with uh, Barbara Romick, test conductor here at the Desert Rats test area here in Arizona. Uh, Barbara, tell me, what is a Desert Rat number one? Um, Well, RAT stands for Research and Technology Studies. And so what we do is we take our spacesuits and robots and test them here in the um, relative environment that looks very lunar-like and try to drive out operational concepts for um, requirements for the moon. This week we've been testing our spacesuits with a, a rover called Scout. And we've had humans driving the Scout vehicle on board. We've teleoperated the Scout vehicle, which means somebody's driven it from somewhere else. And it's been driven with programming, which we call autonomous. All right, Joe, this is seriously off the record, but I'm planning on doing some research of my own out here in the desert with a spacesuit. Do you have any advice, any tips you can give me for maybe a first-time researcher? Well, Blair, let me ask you. Do you have your own spacesuit? I found an old uh, spacesuit back at NASA Langley, and, and I brought it out to do some research of my own. Well, I'll tell you, son, you better get some boots. Do you have any idea what the spacesuit is needed for? Um... Fashion, it's cool. Well, that's, that's a start. That's a start. Actually, the spacesuit does. It serves three purposes. Okay. It gives you a little environmental protection. Okay, which, which you need. Which you need, yes. right. 
it enables you to have mobility because this suit has to be pressurized so that you're at a, at least some sort of an earth atmosphere like situation so you can breathe and have ventilation and i'm a flexible guy so you i mean you are man i've seen you run around and uh, <laughs> i'm glad they caught you yeah, appreciate but that. anyway uh, another aspect is the fact that you actually have to have the environmental protection because you're going to be walking on rough surfaces and you're going to be walking on hot surfaces yes. and you're walking on cold surfaces you have to have micrometeoroid protection so all those things you need to really consider when you when you bring your spacesuit out here. Uh, well, I tell you what, if you, if you could just, I mean, promise me that if you see me wandering out there, that just don't leave me hanging. If you got a Saint Bernard with with that little jug of, of extra liquid, just send him right out. Okay, we will. Dude, you look great. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, the, I can't figure out the controls really, and it's it's a little difficult. But uh, there's one major obstacle, and that's uh, no boots. Bag on. Astronaut Hobbit out here, Space Hobbit. You need a little ingenuity and take care of that. Hey, I got you there, buddy. Oh, thanks, sir. Now, see, look at those. Pretty nice, huh? Pretty nice. See, that's and it's all shiny like NASA. Hey, man. Check it out. You got some socks on under there? Um, no. But I don't. You know, I just needed boots. I didn't need like the whole accoutrement. Actually, I can see where that might be a problem. I'm gonna try a simulated ge geological uh, sample grab. Now, Cosmo talked about uh, mobility, so this is gonna be difficult. Uh, no, a successful mobility test. Got a little pocket full of regolith, and uh, good to go. Cool. Okay, uh, Joe, as uh, for my uh, lessons learned part of my experiment, I was wondering if uh, you could help me out and, and, and give me some evaluation. Well, I, I certainly was impressed after our little tutorial there about what suits do, and, and you're fully in, you know, in, in, encumbered here in a spacesuit of some sort. Ensconced <laughs> is the proper word, probably. <laughs> I am really impressed with the duct tape boots. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got to think about that one. As far as your performance, I was pretty impressed. You did oh, quite a good you. job. I uh, hope you collected some interesting samples. Pocket full of regolith. Pocket full of regolith. Then yep. next time I would suggest we have a helmet so you can really feel the end. Yes. But on a serious mode, uh, you know, you did so well, I'd like to promote you to a desert rat. And you are Thank now you, an sir. official desert rat. Oh, that is awesome. You got to get this on camera. Check it out. Desert rat. And, and likewise, if you'll reach right there, we're going to make you an honorary uh, NASA Edge member. Hey. So there you go. Boy, you talk about a trade. This is great. Thanks. Isn't that awesome? Appreciate it. And now, is it OK to, to, to sew these onto your suit? Is that too dangerous? No. Okay. Well, okay, as good. long as you're not in it. Oh, good. Good point. And so we get uh, not only uh, spacesuit advice, we get sewing and embroidery advice from uh, Joe Cosmo on NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brian. Enjoyed it. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. You guys have a you guys have a ball. Hey, welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and inside look at all things NASA. Hey, that's right. What do you see? <laughs> I have a ribbon. Hey, you know, I'm actually I'm actually impressed that you're actually an official member of the Desert Rats team. Yeah, or Brian is. <laughs> <laughs> Was that is that your secret name? Well, yeah, that's my that's code name. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if I was going to want to identify myself with the I, I, I got a question for you guys. Yes. So, I mean, the duct tape with the with the boots was pretty impressive. Uh, what you have to be when you're a scientist, when you're right. a researcher, you have to be resourceful, 
and Franklin was very helpful in uh, putting the finishing touches on that and getting me good to go so I could go out and do and some How many research. rolls of tape did you use? Um, <laughs> just I mean, one, it was just, just pretty well and pretty tight, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he added that extra leverage putting that last I piece. Th- but I had to tell you that if it wasn't for Franklin, you'd still be on the ground right now with your little instrument tool trying to get up. That's that's true. But but, but see, that brings up a good point because mobility is really important it, in a suit. It's very important. And to be honest, that wasn't a real... Uh, official space suit. It was a it was a mock up. It was a mock up. So, the so concept. The, so the size, you know, there were some there were some issues. And it was the older model. Up, yeah. It wasn't the new models yeah. that they're they're working with right now for the return to the moon and, and beyond. In fact, we talked to some of the folks out there in the new suits. You right. are able to, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, yeah. a three point stance is very doable. Yeah, you have the better yeah. mobility. Well, I'm gl- well, I'm glad you had a chance to interview oh, yeah. uh, Barbara and, fr- and Joe and, and Frank Both Delgado. That they, they were pretty cool. Yeah. Now before we go, because we have to uh, take yes. off. Uh, how did you get the, the boots off? Well, you know, I tell you what, before I answer that, I've got one more. I'm insider. Um, can you tell us what Scout stands for, by the way? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't remember. You don't, I don't remember. It's the no. Science Crew Operations Utility Test Bed. What? I'm glad you yeah, know that. And, 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 I, and I actually got to drive in it, so that was really cool. I thought it was just an homage to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, but it was good <laughs> to find out that it actually... You know, actually stood for. It's good to see your little arts degree work kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and inside slash outside look at all things NASA. Hey, have a great day. (laughs) I'm gonna go read. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Where we got the soap this way? We're gonna we got the soap.